0: We are live and that's good. Okay, so we are live guys. Um today is Practice pra- Practice Success Podcast. I'm your host Jonathan Alcade. Today we're going to be talking about overcoming failures and obstacles. And my guest today, he's the he he's done it He's actually went to the bottom and got out out of it. His name is Ken Wimberly, probably the best person who needs to talk about overcoming failures and obstacles. Um, one of the fi- obstacles he, he in his journey is he filed for bankruptcy in 2011, Chapter Seven, uh, 2001, and he lost his home in a short sale and amassed mass huge debt over 300k in the market crash. On 2008 and 2009, overcome his terrifying fears of public speaking and now speak in front of the group as small as two, as to as large as 250. And all those obstacles, Kimberly now, Ken Wimberly now has over 15 different streams of income from real estate investment and operating businesses, coaching services, and oil and gas holdings. So be, from The bottom and up, he's done it. He's had experience. So I'm going to bring him in. You guys, help me welcome Ken Wimberly. Hello, Ken.
1: Hey, Jonathan. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, I'd love to have you here. It's it's an honor to actually talk about overcoming failures and obstacles because you have done it and you have experienced it. Uh, My first question to you, Ken, is... um, when you started, um, what started you on your entrepreneurship intrapreneur- journey?
1: Yeah, it started early on. And really, I think one of the, the things that spurred me on early, and this was when I was way back in my 20s, um, was that my uncle gave me a copy of the, the book Robert Kiyosaki wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad. And and I read that book and and thought, man, I should do something with this. And from that, I ended up buying my first um, couple of rental homes, and and had this. I I would say that's what kind of started me into my little entrepreneurial journey. Bought a couple of rental homes, and frankly, I was managing them myself. And 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 realized I was a terrible manager because every time the tenant would give me a sob story, I'd you know, I, I wouldn't boot them out. I would I would, you know, give them more time and and end up selling those rental homes. And uh, later had had uh, decided to branch out and become kind of an entrepreneur. I, I decided to open up a pizza restaurant and um, did that, left my job as a, I was in the financial services field doing insurance and investments, left that job to go launch and open a pizza restaurant. And then went from that to uh, after that business didn't work out, ended up staying in the restaurant business for a year and then ended up being in the real estate business in doing commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. And from that it led me to some commercial real estate investing after a few years to get my feet wet in the in the brokerage industry. led me to some commercial real estate investing. Um, fast forward down the road, it, it led me to um, being an owner of a Keller Williams Market Center. Into more commercial real estate investing, eventually into being a partner in a, in a chain of laundromats, and uh, into you know founder of, of Legacy of Love, and then uh, equity owner in a coaching company. So it's it's just been a journey, and it's been a it, it's been a long <laughs> journey. It's been you know, about a thirty year journey as I've gone through this process.
0: Wow, that's amazing! Thirty years in that career, and all started with that book, Rich Dad Poor Dad. That actually, that's the same book that got me started on doing um, entrepreneur journey myself. And what I love about that when I read that book is I had two choices: is either um, do the entrepreneurship or go back to school. And he really talked about you know how school did not did not. Um, serve his second dad. So like, okay. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to this entrepreneurial journey and stuff. Were you alone and you did like, you know, rental, restaurant, I mean, uh, commercials, and you're doing all of this. Did you have the support of your family behind you on all of this?
1: Yeah, I I did. I've, you know, if, if, not necessarily financial support, and at times I have had financial support in my family behind me, mm-hmm. uh, but but certainly the, you know, I, I didn't have people telling me, oh, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. I, I didn't have the negativity in there. Wow. Uh, people are like, oh, hey, okay, go for it. And, uh, you know, so just the little support, I think it's important to have that. It's not necessary because sometimes you just have to have it right here in, in your own heart right there. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think it's nice if you have some folks that will encourage you along that journey. Absolutely, and you know
0: sometimes you just gonna have to do it alone because if you don't have it, then you don't have it. Just go at it alone. Um, you know what? But there's a lot of um, things that could go wrong when you 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 go you go at it alone and there's not much support. So my next question to you is: What has been your greatest entrepreneur mistake with all of this? Thirty
1: years plus. There's probably a long list of those, but uh, I'll go with one early on in in my entrepreneurial journey that was with the pizza restaurant. Mm. Uh, it, I opened it up with a partner who is a good friend of mine from, from the Navy, one of my best friends, and we decided to open that up together. And I had worked as a, as a delivery driver at that pizza restaurant in college, and we kind of struck a licensing agreement with the folks that owned it. And uh, as we went looking for a new space for where we were going to open up our restaurant, that ended up being hands down the biggest mistake I'd made was a real estate mistake because we ended up taking about 4,500 square feet for our first restaurant. And really, we needed maybe 2,000 square feet is, is what we needed. But we fell in love with a particular location. Uh, the landlord didn't want to subdivide the location and we didn't know anything about commercial real estate or how to. which is odd since I've spent the last 20 years in the commercial real estate business. But uh, at at the time I knew nothing about commercial real estate. And so we ended up signing a lease for a uh, 4,500 square foot space And that one act right there of signing the lease for that great big space. Mm -hmm. Um, ended up being the demise of of our restaurant 18 months later because that that big lease was was a much bigger rent payment it caused us to have more staff to fill the bigger store more equipment more more furnitures more fixtures uh more overhead in general in this great big store and that caused our just expense ratio to be really out of whack and so our expenses started very high our revenue started low, and by the time our revenue caught up, our expenses had stacked up so much we were frankly buried, wow. and, uh, and and we ended up filing bankruptcy in October of two
0: thousand one. Wow! So that's the cause of you filing the uh, the bankruptcy in two thousand and one. What was your what was in your head when you um when you uh, you filed that bankruptcy? What was going on through your head?
1: A lot uh, despair. Uh, I felt like I was letting a lot of people down everything from vendors that we couldn't pay mm-hmm. to our employees that we were about to have to lay off. Uh, we, we loved our employees. We had a great team and it was just, it was disappointment, despair, um, mild depression. There's, there's a lot of issues going on in our heads like that. What do we do next? You know, we're a failure or I'm a failure. And it was it was interesting in, you know, we, we filed in early October. And so we were making that decision for the couple of months leading up to it, visiting with with an attorney and figuring out what we needed to, to do to go through this process. And I remember coming in the store one morning. We we're still open, of course, until the basically day we filed. And um, I remember coming to the store one morning and, and turning on the TV and as, as I'd get set up every morning, can turn on the TVs and. Uh, the news was on, and it was uh, the, the Twin Towers, and there was an airplane that had struck the first tower, and it was September 11th, 2001, and I, I sat there watching the news as the second plane came and hit. I was watching it live, and, and I picked up the phone. I called my partner and said, man, you need to wake up, turn on the news. There's bigger problems in the world than what we have right now. And it was a little bit of a paradigm shift for me. And there was certainly, you know, in our little microcosm, it was a really big deal of what was happening to us. But in the greater scheme of what was happening in the world, um, it was a, it was a minor event.
0: Well, wow, absolutely. Especially what happened that time. And, you know, compared to to people losing their lives, bankruptcy is just a minor thing. Um, So what was your first step on overcoming that obstacle? You guys hit the wall, bankruptcy, and, you know, what do you do next for if someone were to, like, pile a bankruptcy right now, um, what would you say to that person in order for him to, you know, start again and, you know, with that confidence and with, uh, you know, with that laser focus?
1: yeah i think first you know, if you can avoid it avoid it if there's a way to work out things with your creditors and and work out a payment plan and, and work, if you can't avoid it then avoid it if you if it's absolutely unavoidable and it's something you have to go through then you know, for me the next step was just okay what do i do for income right now you know mm-hmm. we just we lost our and we didn't have we shut down a business that was our source of income and uh yeah, you know, so the next thing for me was, what do I got yeah, to go find a job, find a way to create income. So I went and stayed in the restaurant business, became a general manager for another local restaurant. And it did that for about a year and, you know, at least kind of started to get myself back on my feet. Um, my wife was working, so that was good. We we had a couple of, you know, between the two of us, two jobs, and we were working and able to pay the bills. And then it was like next from that was okay. What do I do next to start? really building opportunity. And and that's how I ended up in the real estate business. I woke up one morning and realized that in the restaurant business, uh, especially as a general manager of this other restaurant, I was working 70 hours a week and I was commuting back and forth, sometimes twice a day, about 30 miles each way. And I was making $50,000 a year. I said, look, this is, um, this is like minimum wage when you divide it out by the hours right here. And it's not exactly making sense. So at that point, I made a decision to get into the real estate business. It was a uh, place I'd wanted to be for a long time. Ever since college, I, I had a fascination with real estate and wanted to get into that real estate business. And that's what led me there. And and then I from there, I started really busting my butt to um, to learn that business. Well, because what I love about real estate is that was a business where um the the sky was the limit there was no cap there was no salary i was going to make it was i was going to make what i was worth i was going to make what i could go earn and to the extent that i could bring value to others i could add value to my life and i really appreciated that about this the real estate industry and i still do today
0: wow so um after that you went to real estate which is amazing to me um did did the real estate bloom to you, or tell me what happened in two thousand eight and two thousand and nine? Because I know there's a crash. Uh, yeah. Were you? Was it affected you that much?
1: Yeah, it, it did. So I got into real estate and, and started doing. Uh, you know, okay. When I first got into real estate, and then getting into the commercial real estate world to to start is is a little bit of a difficult role, road, rather it. You know, I tell people today that that come to me and ask about getting into the commercial real estate, you know, if if it's something that you're really passionate about, you really want to do, I think it's a great industry. It really is. But but to get in um, and, and I didn't get in on like a, a producing team. I, I went to work for a small brokerage and was kind of it was going to eat what I kill, basically. And they told me they're very, very transparent or the the broker manager owner had told me, he said, look, Ken, he said love to have you come on board here said, so, but just understand that it will probably be at least 12 months before you make any money in this business. It takes a while to, um, get into this business and start making money and to learn what you're doing. Probably be 12 months and it will, um, we don't have a salary. We don't have a draw, you know, so you're not going to make any money from us. You're, you're going to kind of have to get out there and hustle and do it on your own. And, uh, you know, we'll provide you a desk and and a phone, but you need to bring your own computer and, and you can get after it. So that's that. That was what I walked into, and it it in fact took me eleven months to earn my first dollar in commercial real estate, and, and it was like eighteen hundred and thirty seven dollars is what I made on in in the first eleven months. So uh, wow,
0: that's. I don't know how I would feel I I would do with just eleven months and then just making that much. I probably would, would would have given up. Most of us would have. And you know, because there's the return of our time investment was so low. And I probably I don't know, my morale to start working is gonna be low, definitely. But you did it, you actually got out of it and you overcome the obstacles. And
1: well, I can tell you during the time I was working my ass off. So it wasn't like I was just sitting around waiting for the phone to ring. I was in there hustling. I was studying. I was um, mapping. I was in the, had decided to focus mostly on land deals and had a couple of people that had took me under the wing and that wanted to buy properties if I could go find them the properties. And so I was, I was hustling. I was bird dogging deals. I was um, researching land ownership nonstop. I was doing the work. And so I knew that I was. Building a pipeline of opportunity right there, and yes, yeah, so again, it was 11 months to make $1,837. In my 12th month, I closed my first big deal and ended up making $20,000 from one closing. And so, that I said, okay, now this is what's possible, right? I can make it one closing, make $20,000 is what's possible, and and you know, from there, so that was my first year. I made you know, less than $20,000 my first year, but my second year i made six figures made over a hundred thousand dollars my second year and then from there it it just it slowly grew and it was doing quite well and quite successful but your question to get to what happened in 2008 2009 um as we were doing very well um and then my wife was was doing pretty well she had uh, ended up getting a, a job you know making six figures as well so we had really good income coming in yet um we weren't like saving and socking it away. We were kind of living that big lifestyle. And we ended up you know, building this big, beautiful home. And uh, we were just you know, spending a lot of our money on lifestyle. And it and, and weren't playing a smart game. And mm-hmm. 2008 comes, and here we have this big home, this huge mortgage. And then July 2008, the financial markets and commercial real estate just evaporated. It just went away and everything locked up, especially in the land business. The land business. I mean, nothing happened in land for several years going forward from 2008. And so every deal I had that was working on dried up and died. And there was just no income coming in. And so it was a real struggle at that point. Yet the the bills were still coming in nonstop. And we had this big lifestyle. We had car debt. We had home debt. We had lots of just debt out there. And it was a rough period of time. So in, you know, in 2009, we actually lost that home to a short sale, um, almost lost foreclosure, but we found, you know, luckily got a buyer for it uh, for, got foreclosed on. And but we did lose it to a short sale and lost all of our equity that we had in the home. And um, it was a rough, rough patch. I actually ended up getting divorced that year um, from my wife. We, we lost that. It was, and then, you know, I was kind of realized, I mean, this is several years later. I went through the process of just, again, trying to rebuild. I was still making good income, but I had all this kind of debt out there and all these continued expenses out there. I mean, I was hustling my butt off. I wasn't making as much as I was in the 2007, eight period. Uh, but we were still making decent income. Um, but my lifestyle, I shrunk it dramatically, the lifestyle. And then, um, you know, one day about 2012, uh, I, I had, um, met um, my now wife. I was dating my now wife. We actually had gotten engaged in 2012. And we did a little inventory before we got married of of our finances. And we realized that we had over three hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt. And th- that's not oh, a mortgage. Yes. There's no mortgage on that. Th- there was it was just and part of that debt was was a business debt I had uh, borrowed um, from a family member and, and to, to start and run my commercial or not to start to continue to grow my commercial real estate business. And it helped. That money was an investment and I was growing the business. Uh, but in any case, in 2008 or 2012, there's this big realization. It's like we have $350,000 of debt. That's no way to start a marriage. And so we made a commitment to pay off that debt. We read Dave Ramsey's uh, Total Money Makeover book, made a commitment to pay off the debt. And in in 24 months, exactly we we paid off the entire three hundred fifty thousand dollars of, of debt
0: wow um a lot of things there right um but i'm really i'm really fascinated about how you guys paid off the 350 thousand dollars in debt i mean um knowing that you're in debt you're in a hole and you're going to get out of it. I mean, that's not easy, especially on a daily, daily basis. No. So after after 2012, you guys paid off the debt, and yeah. you guys, what happened there? Um, you you had multiple um, businesses, right? Well, in 2012, I only had one,
1: and and there was just one. It was just the commercial real estate business right there, and and so. And that's how I, I paid off the debt. We scaled that commercial real estate business. I made a commitment to really pour into my business, to grow it, and to, to add value to others. And, and that that happened. And we were able to scale that business to make some fairly significant income. And that income allowed us to pay off all of that debt. So that's how we did it. It was pouring into our business and growing that business and living very meagerly and following, frankly, Dave Ramsey's plan. We, wow, we, we lived really meagerly for a couple of years, and uh, we posted our debts on the refrigerator from smallest to largest, kind of like he does and started the debt snowball and going through just scratching them off one by one as we would paid them off.
0: That's amazing. I mean, uh, I know this would not have happened. you would um I don't know if it's just one book that gives you the uh, gives you the the idea of hey, this is the plan however, there's like, People don't see the the 12 years or the 20 years behind the 2012, right? And they just, there's a lot to overcome until you actually find something that works. And you, real estate, now it, it's worked. Now you're able to pay $350,000 in debt. Um, if you were to, you know, advise someone who's just thinking about starting their own entrepreneurial journey, well what would you advise? Um, what would you advise that person?
1: A, a few things. Number one is to get into an industry that you're really passionate about that you can really get excited about and, and get behind that you've got some passion in. So to, just to get into an industry because there's money there, I, I don't, it is not the way to go. In my opinion, it needs to be something that you can be excited about. Uh, number two is is seek the advice of mentors, of coaches, of people that have done it before you, because there is so much to be learned from other people's experience. And, and frankly, that was one of the, I think, challenges that we had in the pizza restaurant initially on is back then I was very, I was young and I was I thought I had it all figured out. I was like, oh, we got this business thing. It's going to be all good. And I did not seek the advice of mentors and guides and others we're just, Oh, we got it. We got it. And we didn't got it. Uh, so now I, I spend a lot of my time, um, still seeking advice from others and advisors and those that have done it before me. And at the same time, giving that advice to others through through some my own coaching services there.
0: I love it. Definitely seek that advice. It's just gonna make you fast forward. Uh, on a lot of things, right? And then there, there's someone is looking over your shoulder, which is good, definitely good. So you have, um, you know, over 15 different stream of income now, you know, yeah. starting with real estate business and, you know, um, coaching services and oil and gas holding. How do you manage um, running multiple businesses now?
1: Uh, through other people. I mean, it's leverage of, of people is key and having the right folks in those businesses. So, you know, I have, I, I'm an equity owner in several different operating businesses, but, you know, I personally run only one of those businesses as, as kind of the full-time person. Um, I have key partners in the other businesses that are, are the managing partners or the folks that are running those businesses. And it's, I think it's gonna be, you know, people, are are one of our greatest assets and so to be able to to go and get in business with the right people to pour into those people to to help them along with with training with advice with um, guidance and and development of themselves is key And so the short answer is is people
0: (laughs) there you go um guys if you're you know just have those talents and different well you know you can't run everything so You know, you're definitely gonna hire somebody one way or another.
1: So we only have 24 hours in the day. That's all of us, right there. So there's (laughs) there's only so much any of us can do. Uh, Yet we can really leverage ourselves at a high level through through a great team,
0: right? Definitely. And you know, start delegation is one of the things that I uh, I tell everyone. Even if you're just starting out, just start delegating because we only. You're right. Absolutely, we only have 24 hours during the day. So um, my next question for you, um Ken, is what is this um legacy of love? Can you explain that to me because I want to know?
1: Yeah, uh, legacy of love is is really the culmination of my life as a father. Um I've got three kids. I've got a seventeen year old daughter who's a high school senior, sixteen uh, year old son, high school junior, and then a four and a half year old son. And I started journaling to my children when, my daughter was one years old, and my my son was still in the womb. I had made a commitment to just start to write. I, I knew that I would not remember everything. And I, I had the insight. There were a couple of things that had happened to me. I was like, okay, I, I want to, you know, capture moments and memories kind of as they're happening, so that they don't just fade from memory. And so I decided how I would do that is how I would journal to them. And so I started writing. Uh, a simple journal. I I did it uh, on a Word document for many, many years and just started writing the stories of our lives and their lives. And uh, it's kind of basically writing the story of their life is told through my eyes is what I was doing. And I made a commitment to do it just once a month. I wanted a rhythm that I could stick to and that I could honor. I said, okay, once a month, I, I can live with that. It's not overwhelming. It's not like trying to do something daily or even weekly, but monthly I could commit to 30, 30, 30 or 40 minutes a month to write some entries to my children. So I started that way back in 2003 and I've continued that on for all of these years. And over time, I told dozens if not hundreds of other parents about what I was doing. Like, Oh, Hey, let me tell you what I'm doing for my kids. And like, Oh my God, that's a brilliant idea. They said, let me, I want to start that on my own. And many, many parents would you know, start sending me, you know, text or messages about their own journals that they were doing to their children and as time went on more and more people were like Ken, you should you need to do something like this you need to create something and make it easy for other parents because it's really meaningful mm-hmm. right? and so that's what led to the creation of what's now legacy of love so legacy of love is is a parent-to-child journaling app and it's it's designed kind of be the anti-social media because it's very private unlike you know, going and putting something on social media for all the world to see or even creating a, a, a small group or a private group for your family uh, that's there. All that data is is kind of owned and harvested by the the social media companies right there. And so we're the anti. We're, we're just a private, secure, awesome little place to capture moments, memories, life lessons, things that you want to pass down to future generations, all of which can be annotated, uh, certainly with text, with voice, um, voicemails, you can save, save voicemails, you can save video, photos, all of this into this one little format. And then you can view those entries either in just kind of standard scroll through format, or you can view them on a beautiful timeline view that shows um, kind of the, the year, the date and the age of your child that they were in these different entries. And so then you can look at just the major milestones of your child. And like on my four year old, I can look at the milestones for my child and it starts off i'm looking at his journal entry it's it's uh his sonogram i made the first entry to him when he was in the womb and told him about you know what his mom was craving and her food cravings and uh how the pregnancy was going and how excited we were to see him and then the next entry is like the days born and from there yeah you know, the major milestones that i've documented for him he, he rolled over he starts crawling starts walking his first dentist visit you know, all these different milestones and it's so cool that i can I can just scroll and see this, and so that's we we created it um, out of my journey and as a um, as really a way. I, I feel like it's one of the biggest ways I can have an impact in this world is to get the message for that out there to get more people just slowing down once a month to capture some stories that they can pass on. Because what 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 I've been learning as I've gone through this process is the importance of family history. And family stories in, in relationships there. And too often, you know, parents will pass and the thing that their their, their descendants um, wish they had the most were stories from the parents' life or stories from when they're growing up. And, and this is a way for, for folks to collect those stories in real time about the children. So imagine now when my children can give this to their children or their grandchildren, my great grandchildren one day, and and what kind of just family documentation that provides. Ah, man, Um, this app is
0: actually really good because I have three kids myself and I I have my wife. I started journaling about my my family a while back and I love reading them too as well. But when you journal about your kids, and you pay attention to them and those little things that they do and they overcome obstacles and, you know, like walking and, you know, and then falling and stuff like that. And the things that they do, those little things, they're actually fascinating to me. So every time I read them in my journal, I was like, okay, well, my kids are doing so much. And I, lo- I love this app creation because it's, it's the right thing. You could actually journal about your kids and your kids will see this in the future. And you'll be like, wow, this is so detailed. And yeah. they're going to be surprised for sure. And you're also going to look back and you're going to be reading those um, journal and be like, you came from a, a long time because it, it gives you more time. Actually, I, I think when I'm reading my journal, I think it's giving me more time because I get to see all my my habits my patterns and all the things that are fun all the things that are the, the obstacles that I overcome and even the kids so journaling is definitely fascinating to me and um, this app is actually really good for father and you know not, not just for parents and kids so um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and post the link on that you guys it's legacy of love that app. Um, visit it and then um, just check it out and see how it goes Uh, I know you're gonna like it because it's writing about you your kids and yourself so I love it I love it Um, Ken um, thank you for telling us such a great story and thank you for telling us about overcoming obstacles I mean you had a big ones and you know thank you for coming into the show and um, sharing that with us Um, where can we find you and how can we get in touch with you?
1: You certainly learn about me on, on legacyoflove.app. Uh, also, um, I'm on Facebook uh, at Lord Wimberly and on Instagram at Ken Wimberley. So connect with me on any of those. Love to uh, love to hear from you and, and connect with you.
0: All right, guys. So that's legacyoflove.app. And then the Facebook one is the, uh, Facebook slash um, Lord Wimberly. So, and that's on right there. So everyone, thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for um Ken, thank you for coming to the show. I appreciate you. So guys, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much. Bye.